Arcanum Theurgy episode 8. This is on planets, and I am Dan Rasinowski. And I am Joe Schaefer. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, the planets this time, both the alchemical and uh, occult meanings of both. Um, I'm sure they're going to overlap, as this stuff normally does, but I'm going to pass it over to Joe, and he's going to kick us off here. Okay, thanks, Dan. So first, in order to understand the symbolism of the planets in a hermetic alchemical sense, we need to go over some preliminary information regarding uh, numbers, numbers 4 and 3, uh, 4 plus 3, which is, of course, 7. So as the Emerald Tablet tells us, as above, so below, Evola also notes in the Hermetic tradition that everything that exists in the macrocosmos, man also possesses, man being the microcosmos. Evola tells us that sulfur, mercury, and salt are found in the trimundial universe, as well as in man, in whom these three, quote, worlds are manifested as soul, spirit, and body. As a side note here, Evola also notes that soul and spirit do not possess the same meaning uh, in the sense that they do in our time, something we've touched on in previous episodes. Soul and spirit, what do they mean? But moving on, uh, so we have here a trinity, or the ternary correspondences in man. Evola provides a quote from Bernard of Treviso, quote, there is, trinity in, there is trinity in unity and a unity in trinity, and there we find body, spirit, and soul, unquote. From the ternary in man, we move to the four, or quaternary, or quaternary, I'm not sure what the exact pronunciation is, anyways, in man, here represented by the elements earth, water, air, and fire. Listen to our pretty decent episode on the cross and its relation to the four elements for more information on the elements themselves. Evola writes, quote, In man, before everything else, there is a terrestrial being, also called a Saturnian being, or simply Saturn, unquote. He continues, quote, In the second place, we have an aquatic fluid or lunar entity, that is Mercury, or Mercury in a limited sense, and Moon, unquote. Then we have uh, the Mercury united with the fire element and represented also by the Mercury ideogram with an Aries symbol on top instead of a moon, as we described in our Mercury episode. Finally, there is, quote, the intellectual entity, which is the sun and golden man, unquote. Confusing as now we are speaking of entities in man that correspond to four elements and also metals and also planets and also ancient mythological gods. Um, but we'll keep moving on. So Evola writes, quote, Such are the four in man, and such are the seats wherein knowledge of the hermetic elements can take place. They have different forms, but they are present and active in man simultaneously, the first in a spatial way, the other three in a non-spatial way, like different, like different states of the body in the ordinary sense and of physical matter, unquote. <clears throat> so three, the ternary, added to four, the quaternary, is seven. So in the following chapter in his book, The Hermetic Tradition, Evola begins, quote, The same metaphysical correspondences apply to another teaching that Hermeticism also shares with the most ancient traditions, that of the seven, which prevails in the symbolism of the seven planets, unquote. He continues, saying, quote, According to the established meaning of these numeric symbols, seven is the manifestation of the creative principles, the triad, in relation to the world made up of the four elements, three plus four the full expression of nature creating nature, natura naturans, in action, unquote. Avila points out some other symbols we see in seven, such as a, a sevenfold serpent, seven heavens, and seven gateways, but we're just going to focus on the seven planets. So what are the planets, <coughs> hermetically speaking? 
Well, the anonymous author of Meditations on the Tarot writes, quote, Greek astrologers to the, of the 4th century BC, continuing the Babylonian tradition where gold corresponds to the sun and to the, sun, and to the god Enlil and silver to the moon and the god Anu, accepted the following correspondences. Gold, sun, silver, moon, uh, lead, Saturn, tin, Jupiter, iron, Mars, copper, Venus, and Mercury, Mercury, unquote. He also writes, quote, on the subject of the universality of these analogous correspondences between planets and metals, I might add that the f- in that the 44 years, hang on, it's got to close something on annoying computers. He also writes um, that in in the 44 years of my studies and experience in this domain uh, have not led me to modify anything in the table given correspondences and that on the contrary, they have supplied numerous proofs, direct and indirect, which have confirmed their truth. So, unquote, basically just saying this pretty much holds up throughout all of his uh, studies and uh, I haven't seen a different one. There are different rankings of them that you'll come across, which I'll mention in a minute, but basically... The correspondences I just listed in his first quote uh, hold up throughout, like, all of Hermeticism, you know? Okay, so... Um, yeah, okay. so... All right. Now we've already done uh, an episode on the sun and moon and another on Mercury, so feel free to go back and listen to those. Um, of the remaining four that we haven't talked much about yet that I just mentioned, Oswald Worth breaks them up into pairs, uh, one pair of Jupiter and Saturn and another pair of Mars and Venus. Um, I'm just going to give an extensive compare and contrast of the correspondences of these pairs. So for Mars and Venus, um, whereas Mars represents iron, Venus is copper, Mars is ability, Venus is sensibility, and I'm just going to say one after the next. So iron, copper, ability, sensibility, anger, gentleness, impatience, patience, vivacity, calm, Active energy, apathy, laziness, will, docility, domination, seduction, projection, attraction, brutality, grace, ferocity, tenderness, destruction, conservation, an animal or vital fire, an animal or fluid water, sulfurous ardor, and radical humidity. Um, The sign of Venus, as Worth tells us, used to be simply a circle with a vertical line coming from the bottom of it, similar to the sign of the feminine found in Asia that almost looks like an upside-down exclamation point where the dot uh, and line connect. But the horizontal line that creates the cross below the circle on the ideogram is added to indicate the arms. So yeah, the Venus is just a circle above a cross. Thus, is it, somewhat related, uh, it is somewhat related to the Ankh or, uh, in Egypt. The sign for Mars used to depict a round buckle placed over a javelin, but now, uh, over time, the bottom half of this javelin has since disappeared, leaving us with just the circle and the pointed tip of the javelin jutting off at an angle. So now moving on to the other pair of Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, Again, I'm just going to say one after the next. The first will always be Jupiter. The second will always be Saturn. So we have tin, lead, Crosses inferior to the crescent moon, crosses dominating the crescent moon. Work of transformation in power, the transforming work performed. Change provoked passively by action on the placid vitality represented by the horizontal line of the cross. Change provoked actively by action on the acting vitality represented by the vertical line of the cross. Growth, disintegration, development, arrest, decline. Incarnation, disincarnation. Um, generation of material life, decrepitude, animation, transformation, 
youth presumption, maturity experience, life, death. The ideograms of Saturn and Jupiter are combinations of the crescent moon and the cross. Um, Jupiter kind of almost looking like a a, num- a fancy number four, and uh, well, the two flying off, you know, towards the yeah, front and of it. Saturn kind of looking like um, an, a fancy lowercase h with like a cross in it. But um, you'll see them in the picture of, if you're looking at this on YouTube. Um, I lost my place. Uh, yeah, so the ideograms of Saturn and Jupiter are combinations of the crescent moon and the cross. For Jupiter, we have the crescent attached to it in a way uh, to the horizontal part of the cross, whereas for Saturn, it is attached to the vertical. Evola cites a few different people, from Della Riviera to Pernetti to uh, Philalethes to Stephanos, who give, like I mentioned earlier, varying hierarchies of the planets. But um, Saturn, is, or lead, is always at the bottom. Um, and one moves through the hierarchy as they move through the work. Evola provides a diagram of a spiral in which one pro- uh, proceeds starting from a higher masculine god or planet or metal, then descends to join the symmetrical or, fe- or feminine divinity or planet or metal, then rises again and eventually moves to the center, which is the sun or gold. Um, that will make sense when you just... I'll have this provided as a picture in the YouTube video. So but. there's always an order. You can't just... You know, if you're going to write it out, there's a specific order that these are always in. It's never just, you know, you no, can't like just do I said, Mars, Mercury, you know, whatever. Well, like I said, there's varying hierarchies. I don't know which is true, but basically you always start at the bottom with Saturn because it's lead, uh, and it goes with, like, the Negredo phase of the work. It just represents, you know, uh, material to be worked and be purified. Well, of course, the lead. <clears throat> but then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you'll, you'll look at the picture for the that I'll have, and you can just kind of see what comes next. But well, I was just saying, because it seems like um, with uh, you, you look at these little uh, illustrations, and there always seems to be a specific order that they're always in, um, even when they're written out. So, I don't know. I just uh, assume that there was always an order that they're meant to be in. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, that wraps it up for, for my end, so... All right, well... You can take it away. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you went over a lot of stuff that I did see, but I figured that you would... Because I noticed that there was, like, alchemical stuff when I was looking all this stuff up. I'm like, I'm sure Joe's going to touch on it. So, I just stuck with the, you know, you're thinking of, like, your your sign. Uh, tarot cards come up. Mm-hmm, uh, your yeah. astrology signs come up. Numbers do come up, which I do have, as well as uh, symbolic attributes. So there are uh, seven sacred planets, as we said. Um, Earth is not one of them. And as a matter of fact, the seven are, uh, let's see, we have Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and uh, what is it? One, one, two, three, four, five. And I do believe uh, Neptune and Uranus are in there as well. Um, There are two hidden planets, which are the sun and moon. And, of course, those aren't, you know, those aren't planets, so what do I mean by that? Well, uh, the ancient, like, uh, astrologers, sages, alchemists, and esoteric practitioners, uh, they recognized, like, the sway and the power that these had on people. So for, um, like, uh, symbolic interpretational purposes, they consider them planets. But I think the... They, 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 in in the earliest sense, like they were a planet because planet just meant wanderer. So these were the things that weren't fixed. It was they a celestial move. body that moved. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So sun and moon were planets in that sense, but now with 
you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and NASA, you know, right. Pluto ain't no planet, you know, so. Well, that's why I got to clarify, because people yeah. be like, well, you know what? <laughs> it's like, no, that, I mean, no, they're not, but in this context, yes, they exactly. are. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so. You can't do that, you can't, like, apply uh, what, what words mean to us right now to what they're talking about, because like, Ex- you're going way back with this stuff. So. Exactly, so, yeah. um, these are the connections between the mundane and the cosmic, these planets, um, and then the non-sacred planets, there are uh, Mars, Earth, Pluto, the Sun, and the Moon. So, Earth is not a sacred planet. <clears throat> so, um, that is pretty much, uh, you know, a good base. What are the, the sacred planets? What aren't? Why the Sun and Moon is considered, you know, uh, hidden planets, planets in general. Um, and uh, the Sun and Moon are, they're luminaries, is, is what they were described as. So, that being said, um, <clears throat> there are ten planets in total. Not, you know, overall, but these are the ones that come up. There are uh, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And each one has a sign associated with it, as well as a tarot card, a number, and then, as I said before, a symbolic attribute. And I'm just going to go through all of them. It yeah. might take a minute, but no, I thought cool. it was—I thought it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. So we have, and I like a, like kind of what you did. I'm just going to say the name of the celestial body, and then from there on, everything associated with it, and so on and so forth. So the sun was the uh, Leo. The tarot card associated with it was sun, of course, and strength. And then the number was one. And then the attributes were action, vibrance, and vitality. And then from here on out, it basically goes the number associated with the next one. It's always like one, two, three, four. But I'll just say it for the sake of reading this. Uh, Moon was Cancer. Moon uh, as a tarot card and priestess, of course. Uh, The number was two. And then the symbolic attribute was mystery, emotion, and intuition. Mercury was Gemini and Virgo. Magician was the tarot card for the number, and then the attributes intellect, communication, and understanding. Venus, Libra, and Taurus, the Empress, and lovers. Uh, six, because um, Earth is not a uh, consider, it's not on the astrological list there, so mm-hmm. it skips five. So you go from four to six. Six is the number. Attributes are beauty, harmony, and attractions. Uh, Mars was Aries. And that is the Tower Tarot card associated with it. Number is three. Energy, vigor, and initiative are the attributes. Jupiter, Sagittarius, the wheel, or just wheel. I don't know if it's the wheel. Uh, Five, I do believe, is all the way down there. Uh, Belief, travel, and expansion. Saturn is Capricorn. World, number is seven. Uh, Attributes are control, deep study, and fixation. Uranus is Aquarius. Card is Fool. Number is 8. Attributes are Change, Invention, and Revolution. Neptune is Pisces. Card is Hanged Man. Number is 9. Attributes are Intuition, Dreams, Collective Unconsciousness, or Unconscience. Uh, And the last one, Pluto, uh, Scorpio. I wrote Scorpion on accident, (laughs) because... Yeah. So Scorpio, uh, card is Judgment. Number is 0. And attributes are Rebirth, Transformation, and Hidden Power. And, um, of course, you are born under, you know, one of these signs, everyone is, and basically what this means is that when you're born under one of these signs, you have a card associated with you, a number, and then you have these attributes attached to you as well, as well as the symbol of each planet, 
which I found interesting. I guess that's kind of where the whole astrology thing comes from. Um, now, since you're talking about symbols now, I don't know if this will mess you up. No. or But I was just going to say, so me talking about like the hermetic alchemical and then you talking just about like occultism, um, are the actual ideograms the same? Uh, did we know, <clears throat> we talked about this a little earlier, right? I think... We did. Um, and so you I can, just glance at your yeah, notes. Yeah, you can just take a look at these really quick. I think so a lot of them like, are very similar. Sun is definitely... Uh, that's the same across the entire board. Yeah, I think yeah they like, except for the new ones that you're adding in for your 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 occult side. Uh, all the all the planets I mentioned, they look like they have the same ideogram in both realms of you know alchemy and uh, occultism. So yeah, they definitely overlap. So well, good. yeah, it doesn't get confusing. Where again, there's one has one and you know goes mm-hmm. it webs out into a bunch of different things. <clears throat> So um, they have their own symbols. Uh, we were just just talking about that, and you kind of describe them all. And for me to try and describe them, it's gonna be it's nuts. Rough. There's a picture. There will you know, be a picture. Yeah. Um, some of them you do know are Mercury. We've talked about Mercury before. Mars is the symbol for male. Yeah, Mars uh, and Venus. Everyone's just familiar with in general. You talked about yeah exactly. You, you the talk, tricky ones are Jupiter and and Saturn. I was gonna say you you, you try to you talked about Saturn. Um, you've you've talked about Jupiter a little bit. Sun and Moon. Uh, sun is of course yeah. always the circle with the dot in it. Moon is just imagine just a picture of a crescent. Moon. Crescent. Yeah. yeah. We we did a whole episode on that. That was episode two, I think. <laughs> so that's that. There will be a picture as the thumbnail, so you don't have to you know. Listen to me try and do your boil. Googles. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, and then uh, I, I have a drawing right here. And, of course, uh, it, so imagine the Star of David. It's in the shape of the Star Six of David. Six-point star, Six yeah. star. You know, It's two triangles laid over, superimposed. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it, it doesn't look like the Star of David. When you look at the actual image, they're overlapping on some points. And then under... Oh, so it's interlocking. Exactly. Kind of, interlocking, uh, yeah. So I just... I would have sat there forever drawing it. So I, I see. just, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, each point on this star has a planet associated with it. So um, it is a one, two, three, four, five, six. So yeah, six-sided star, and each side is a planet. So at the very top, well, actually, let me start. In the middle is always the uh-huh, sun. Okay. And at the top, as I say, yeah, do it like a clock just to make it easy. Yeah, no, that's I'm not going to go. <laughs> We're like gonna get, sometimes all... describing these pictures of things gets like crazy that just makes no sense so but it'll be easy so six pointed star imagine the star david right in the middle the sun the symbol for sun okay then we go to the very top so So noon noon and then we're going to go clockwise noon is uh saturn Mm -hmm. and then next one is um jupiter and then we have uh i do believe venus that is venus yes for some reason, I don't have Venus, the symbol drawn for Venus in here. I don't know how I missed that, but you're right, that is Venus. Next, we have the moon, then we have Mercury, and then we have Mars. And then that's just kind of like, that's the seven sacred, you know, so on and so forth. But each point also has a, um, I guess you could say, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it has a it, almost a symbolic attribute to it as well. So mm-hmm. going from, you know, how I just did it, from the top clockwise, we have at the top with um, Saturn, we have spiritual, will, and purpose. 
Next one on Jupiter, we have uh, Emotional. So you can kind of see that. Yeah. And then the next one, I do believe that was Venus. I don't know what happened to Venus again. We have Universal Love. The bottom, which is the moon, physical body. Next, which is Mercury, higher mind. Mm. And then um, at the very end, we have Mars, which is rational mind. And, uh, yeah. And there's also some other ones. Uh, Each one also has, like, there's 12 sacred planets when you look this up. But for some reason, they repeat. And I wasn't too sure why they repeat. Do you know why? I don't know why, but in my... In the Hermetic tradition, Evola talks about you name the seven planets, but sometimes they'll be depicted uh, doubled. And I think what that can kind of be, at least from my point of view, like in what I study with with this stuff, would be kind of representing, um, you know, first of all, just the duality. I mean, everything, we had sun and moon, male, female, Jupiter, Saturn, you know, uh, Mars, Venus, there's all those dualities there. Uh, And then also... Uh, kind of like above below as above as below you know macrocosm microcosm you know what's what is out is within all that type of stuff okay so, so that plays into it because like looking it up and stuff i saw that it like there's this uh, like a circular mm-hmm. chart and it showed and it repeated and i wasn't too sure why but that makes sense now um so yeah that is that's pretty much it that well i got one more but that's just the celestial bodies um their symbols you know everything associated with them a couple drawings, of course. Um, the last one that I found, though, was Chiron. And mm-hmm. Chiron has a uh, symbol as well. It is a... It almost looks like a little key. <laughs> looks like a little key. Here we go. Yeah, I know. Are we, everyone ready? <laughs> it's a circle with a line going from the top of the circle up. And then imagine... So imagine a K with a circle on the bottom of it. Yeah. 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 And that is Chiron. And what Chiron is, is... Well, technically, it's a mythological centaur who was a healer, astrologer, and oracle. But it's the name of a comet. Mm. So another celestial body. And what that really does is it just kind of ties everything together because it represents our deep wounds and essentially how we can heal them. It, he, it promotes healing uh, in that sense... Uh, yeah, that's really it. <laughs> you want to just spell Chiron so that if an interested listener wanted to Google it to see the symbol that looks like a little key. Absolutely. <laughs> it looks like a K-O. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is C-H-I-R-O-N. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, so it's just, it, it's another celestial body that has things attached to it, but I can go into that more. We're just talking about the planets, so for me to wedge <laughs> in another thing is just a whole other story, but... Uh, represents our wounds that we are supposed to heal them how we can heal them as well as teaching others because that's kind of who he was within the Greek mythology so with that being said that is everything to start uh, with uh, the seven sacred planets as well as the few that are not sacred Uh, I'm sure we will touch upon these again but this is just a very broad and and basic because there's so much to this it's this is a good starting point so, did you have anything to add before we... Uh... No, I guess before you sign off, I was just gonna, I was just thinking in this last minute or so, um, what do you think about the, we should do next? Maybe colors? Yeah. You'd be down for that? <clears throat> yeah, I think that was... Because then I'll, I'll do, yeah, I'll do, like, for alchemy, so that will entail for me talking about colors, the symbolism, and um, you can't, then you're going to be, I'm also going to end up having to describe, like, the phases of the work, which will just be, that's fine, that's good. 
You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> yeah. And then you could just look up like colors. I'm sorry, I almost coughed. <clears throat> colors and and what they're kind of corresponded with. I don't know if you've come across anything like that yet. A little you? bit, and I think this is where um, it might diverge like pretty drastically. I would imagine yeah, so. Yeah. So it, Except should... maybe like black. It, yeah. Which again, like Saturn, though. You know, like because that, that's like kind of where they come together, but. Uh, yeah, there will be some overlapping, but some diverging, too. So, so yeah, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. So, I guess next episode, episode 9, will be on colors. With that being said, this was episode 8 on the planets, the sacred planets. I am Dan Rasinowski. Joseph Schaefer. And thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Bye.